Welcome to Winging It in Motown Radio. Uh, Hello, everybody. It's draft week. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff, and JJ and Mike and Peter are all joining us tonight with their expertise on all things expansion. Howdy. How are you? Hey. Good well. Yeah. I got to help my father-in-law. Yeah, I got to help my father-in-law move a really big mirror. Something I definitely see myself doing. You you didn't break it for a couple Uh, years of bad luck, did you? you? See yourself doing it. Yeah, there you go. Because uh, it's a mirror. Oh, now that I reflect on that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is Good night, a, folks. This, this, is, this is the earliest we've ever gone downhill on the podcast. This is <laughs> less than 30 seconds in. Yeah. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, but before we get into it, let's talk about the Griffins really quick. Uh, they won it all in the AHL. Um, that's pretty cool, huh? Thoughts? It's Ooh. almost like we have the 31st best NHL team. <laughs> the snark answer is that they could probably beat several NHL teams, uh, including perhaps us. <laughs> yeah. I, I can think of at least three. <laughs> That's not true. No, it was a uh, it was a really great run. I think there were they like dominated their way through the Western Conference playoffs, and they came across Syracuse, and that was a really good matchup. Like that was a really close series, despite it only going six. Um, but ultimately, Grand Rapids was the the better team, the more disciplined team. I think Todd Nelson did some really great things uh, with the group down there. Uh, as uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, not only he won the the playoff MVP award, and he set the record for the mo- he is now like the leading goal scorer of all time for the Griffins in the playoffs, uh, which is great because he like he's not bad in the regular season, but he's not like great. But once the playoffs roll around, that kid's a monster. Um, Ultimately, it was more of an AHL team than like a NHL Stars, which is kind of how you win in the AHL anyway. Um, but there is there's a decent amount of promise down there. I thought that Joe Hicketts did really well. Uh, Robbie Russo had ups and downs. Uh, Svechnikov played a, a really solid two-way game. Like he wasn't really spectacular in the playoffs, but he put up a lot of points, and he was tough to play against. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, of course, was was really really good. So out of that group, I think that that that's and, and Thomas Nosek was um, was insanely good at pivoting the, the top line. So out of that group, I think those are the kids that we're going to be looking at uh, getting a good shot next year. Um, possibly Dan Renouf as well, but I I don't know. Like I'm not really that high on Dan Renouf. So it's just it's it's really promising. It's great to see. Like there were times watching the AHL playoffs where I was, I was everybody's excited. Like when the clock ran down in the in the final of Game Six, like I stood up and I I cheered. It was, like it was good to finally be able to cheer out loud at goals being scored again because it's been <laughs> uh, too long since that happened. But but yeah, go Griffs. Yeah, it was nice to see you know specifically Bertuzzi and Nosek and. You know, the guys who will, like you said, will actually have a chance to be on the team, probably will be on the team next year, actually do well. And Coro was a net, and he's very likely the backup next year, which we'll get into. Um, yeah, they've run right. into Syracuse in the in the playoffs Why would before, be? haven't they? Uh, yeah, the last time they won the Calder Cup, they won uh, over Syracuse. And Syracuse had, like, uh, Tyler Johnson, Palat. Right? Tyler Johnson, Palat. Um, they were... 
They were a much was, shittier team. Was Kucherov back then, right? on that team? Uh, I'm not sure if it was Kucherov or Nemestikov. Nemestikov was. I don't know if Kucherov was. Vasilevsky was he the goalie? Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, basically Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. yeah. Jake Dotchkin was down there for uh, for them Ooh. in this one, and I hate that guy. Mm. Uh, he's basically like the new, the next Radko Gudas. He's dirty as all get out. But all right. I don't I don't care about them. Fuck them. Yeah. Let's do the expansion draft talk now. What everyone's listening for, of course. Um, oh boy. Time as of recording this, uh, Vegas has announced they're kind of done making deals with teams. Monday was the deadline that they set for themselves. Tuesday, they're going to spend picking their the players they want and based off of all the deals they made. But Peter, Mike, you guys have been pretty much our experts on this throughout the whole process with all your posts and whatnot on whim. So, Peter, you want to just give us a quick rundown how the protection lists work in regards to the expansion draft? Yeah. Um, all right. So if you're just, you know, I'm not going to go into all the details, but if you're if you're just, you know, uh, kind of getting in, in uh, interested in this, I'll uh, I'll run through the basics. So each team uh, got to submit a protected player list. They could either protect seven forwards, three defensemen and one goalie, or they could protect eight skaters, you know, a skater being a, def- a forward or a defenseman and one goalie. So no matter what, they can only protect one goalie. Um, the, the eight skater option would be for teams like Nashville, uh, who have, you know, a, a, an additional defenseman outside of the first three that they want to protect, you know, so they do get to do that, but they lose three forward ex- uh, slots, basically. Um, players that have no move clauses have to be protected unless they waive them. Uh, there's a couple players that did that. Uh, Mark andre Fleury did. Uh, Enstrom on uh, Tobias Enstrom on Winnipeg did. Uh, and Eric Stahl on Minnesota. Those are the three that come to mind right off the top of my head. Um, first and second year pros were exempt. Um, and then there were there were these exposure requirements that I'm not going to go into great detail on it, but basically each team had to expose two forwards, one defenseman, and one goalie that met you know these minimal requirements uh, basically to you know make sure that that you know players that you know had played before in the NHL um, were exposed you know so to, you know to keep teams from just kind of not exposing anything good. Um, let's see, yeah, so those were you know those were the big rules um, for the teams. Um, and the teams uh, submitted their uh, their protected list to uh, Vegas, um, and they were uh, they were announced yesterday morning at uh, sometime between ten and ten thirty. <laughs> it was supposed to be ten, uh, and yeah. then they then the NHL P- or the uh, the PR department said that by the way it's ten thirty, and at that point all the lists started leaking anyway. So uh, I love what, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 this classic NHL. Like, didn't they want to do it? It's like we're going to release it all at ten, so we're going to release it all at once, and there's no leaks about everything, and then it's delayed, and then it just leaks out anyway. Like yeah, yeah. and then they didn't even get ten thirty right. Like I, I was trying to uh cover that with the post and i'm, I'm sitting there at like 10 35 i'm like where is the freaking <laughs> list and we ended up getting it from um i think prashanth found found a, a link from russian machine well, I don't, never breaks i ended up getting it i don't remember what it was after 10 30 when i ended up getting it from the wings pr i think but yeah i know the league i think what they did was like they sent it to the teams and then the team's pr sent it to their lists i don't know yeah. maybe uh <laughs> so mike Quick rundown yes. on the limitations Vegas has in, when it comes to selecting players. All right. The biggest one is they're only taking one player from every team. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to get more players from a certain team, but they can only make one selection. 
The way around that is if they want to buy somebody's, we'll call it loyalty for back of a, lack of a better word, um, they're, they're ex- essentially being allowed to extort players and, and picks from teams. So, like, just for example, if the Wings had exposed uh, Zetterberg and then realized after the uh, lists were turned in, oh, my God, we did not want to expose Zetterberg, we could then pay Vegas in other prospects, players, or picks to have them not select Zetterberg. So they're only going to make one selection. They might end up with more, but um, each team is just one selection. Uh, They can have 10 contracts at the end of the selection uh, term that are due to be negotiated this summer. So whether that's a UFA or an RFA, um, they've only got 10 contracts from the selection time that they can have open to negotiate. Everybody else needs to be under contract through next season at least. Uh, they have to take a minimum of 14 forwards, nine defensemen, and three goalies uh, with a total of 30 players. So there is a little bit of uh, mystery to it on where they'll draft extra players from. Um, there has been uh, talk from George McPhee that one strategy they may or may not employ is to load up on goalies and hold them ransom. Uh, but we don't have any kind of confirmation from that. And that was months and months and months ago. He mentioned that on, on a radio interview. So um, we don't know if it's still holding valid or if uh, uh, if they've changed it based on who's available. But that's essentially what they're looking at. They have to meet uh, 60% of this previous year's cap with their selections. Um, and I think that's the last requirement. So that's probably going to be the the biggest one is uh, uh, meeting the financials. But with some of uh, what we've heard, I'm I'm not sure that's going to be too much of a problem. So with the wings, it was pretty. I mean, I, we thought so. It was pretty obvious the main players they were going to protect. You knew Zetterberg, Nielsen, Nyquist, Mantha, FNICU, Tatar. They would all be protected amongst the forwards. The final spot in theory, came down to Ablocator versus Helm versus Riley Shane, And we all were kind of in agreement. We wouldn't protect Ablocator, but the team was going to, and they did. Uh, mm-hmm. Likewise on defense with the Kaiser, um, and they went with Mike Green, which was obvious, and Nick Jensen. It kind of a lot of, you know, Jensen or Olette. I mean, I would have protected both and exposed to Kaiser, but they ended up going with Jensen. And then the big surprise that we all found out on Sunday morning was that Jimmy Howard was protected instead of Peter Mrazek. Uh, JJ, I'll start with you. Just where's your head at, head at on everything in regards to Mrazek being exposed? Where's um, your head at? Initially, it was, a, it was a really big shock, but the more... I've had time to process it. It's like even with the low level of faith in the Red Wings organization, um, there has to be a sensible reason for it. Uh, it's been coming out that they're essentially done with his attitude problems. Um, uh, nobody knows exactly how deep that goes other than the, the concept of he's not very popular in the locker room. Um, apparently it came down to the... Uh, last year's contract negotiations weren't very good, and he apparently was not happy that the team had not been able to move Howard out. And uh, at some point, like he stormed out of a practice, um, and it was just like he was con- like he was. We always knew he was a confident, downright cocky kid, um, but 
there are rumblings out there that it goes deeper than that. And I think that um, that it, it, it there's a lot of conspiracy about, oh, well, you know, there's a good chance that he might not be taken because uh, there are a lot of goalies out there. And, um, you know, necessarily taking a, a $4 million guy who's, who's probably going to be your backup and then he's going to be an RFA. Uh, isn't really that beneficial or, you know, they, they might flip him, but they may just go for somebody else. I think they can Holland expose Morazic with the plan of Morazic's gone, regardless of if he makes it through this draft. I still, I still think Morazic is gone. Um, and I, I don't know. Like I, at some point I have, I'm more of a fan of the Red Wings than I am of, of any individual player. And, I think that Ken Holland has done a lot of stupid things, and I think not getting value for Mrazek, if it is a case that Mrazek's Red Wings career is over, uh, is a mistake. I mean, you can always argue that not losing Riley Shan for nothing or not losing Darren Helm or Woolett or, or Sproul or literally anybody else that we're exposing uh, is kind of an asset gained along with Mrazek's $4 million in cap space. Um but I just I can't believe that you wouldn't be able to have sold this guy off. So I'm not happy about it, but I'm also not exactly grabbing my pitchfork and and torch and and marching on the LCA. Peter, Mike. Um, yeah, uh, I was telling you guys this before. Um, probably about I want to say four days ago, three or four days, uh, like three or four days before the list came out. Um. I, I heard from what I can only call a, a, a definitely a very reliable source that this was the plan that Mrazek was going to be exposed and that the team wanted, you know, was hope, you know, wanted him to get taken. Uh, and also that it was because of the attitude issues. Um, I couldn't really say anything at the time, you know, uh, but I didn't, I don't know. I, I guess I hadn't really, now, you know, now that JJ mentioned that before, I do remember, you know, hearing, um, I think when Coro was the starter for the outdoor game, I remember hearing rumblings at that time. Um, and so, you know, when I heard this, I, I was like, oh, that can't be right. That can't be true. You know, it's got to be, uh, you know, a mistake. Um, and then a couple of days before uh, the list came out, there were rumors that, you know, Morazic was on the block. Um, and, you know, it was... So I guess I wasn't I wasn't shocked when when I heard that, but I I really thought that you know the the stuff I heard before I thought that it was just going to be a mistake and and he was going to get protected. Um, but you know the more the more that comes out, you know the more I am uh, pretty much convinced that they do want to get rid of Mrazek. And you know I said this before in comments and stuff. I think you know I'm on board with JJ that. I think that you know if if that was the plan, I mean then that's the plan, and and I get that, but. I, I really don't see why they couldn't have gotten something for him if that was, you know, that was going to be the plan. But we'll see. Yeah, I I'm on board with that as well, Peter. Like there there had to have been value somewhere um, from some team, especially somebody like, you know, Arizona, who looks like um, depending on how the the pick process goes, they could really be hurting for a goalie. Um after uh, uh, after Wednesday night, so to to lose Mrazek for nothing is is definitely I'm going to say borderline shameful. Um, but I mean I, I know I've mentioned it to you guys a couple of times just in our little private chat thing, and I don't know if I ever put this thought to paper. But at, at certain times in the season, I was wondering um, 
out loud, at least to you guys, at, at what point are they going to protect Howard over Mrazic? Because it looks like a possibility. Um, and apparently that possibility happened. So, um, but I mean, I'm not heartbroken over it. I mean, it sucks. But when you look in the the, the grand scheme of things, um, this team is going to go through a rebuild at some point. Uh, and, the, and that point is going to be sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it needs to be now, but I, I, I think... Part of what we're seeing unofficially now. Yeah. Yeah. Unofficially now. But I think what we're seeing with um, Yeah. (laughs) And 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 that's the thing, JJ, is with this selection, I think part of that is probably definitely due to um, the attitude issues and all that kind of stuff that that we've seen come out over the past couple of days. But I, I think Holland is so far into the we can be right back in it next year thought pattern um that he couldn't possibly fathom uh exposing jimmy howard uh or or even moving him except for a king's ransom um because that's part of what we heard is that he he was shopping howard but nobody would give him the return he wanted yeah and and here's the thing if if you'd if we'd been recording this on sunday afternoon there would have been way more vitriol and stamping our feet and oh, absolutely. Uh, ranting about this. So yeah. the fact that, that Wim seems to all be in lockstep with like not that big of a problem is I mean, it, you have to you have to take a step back and realize that it's like they're not being evilly run by corruptly stupid people who just want to see the Red Wings suffer and, and get destroyed. There, I mean, there has to be a reason. Um, yeah, the reason can be it can be bad. Uh, I, you have to uh, agree with that. But um, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of extra stuff. Like I get the argument that Jimmy Howard is not going to be the Red Wings goalie the next time the Red Wings are good again. There is also a good argument that Peter Mrazek wouldn't be that guy either. We're looking five years into the future. Mrazek will be thirty. He will still he should still be NHL caliber. He should should still be good. He's definitely going to be one contract beyond what he is right right now at four million. He's probably going to be two contracts beyond that, making I don't know how much. And I'm fundamentally against paying goaltenders that much money unless they are carry price. And I don't know that Mrazek is is ever going to be carry price consistently so it's it's not a concept of like i, I just want him gone here's the thing the and ansar khan wrote a, an article in january about how Morazic had attitude problems so this isn't something that came necessarily out of the blue like the the organization keeps it close to the vest they're not gonna they're not gonna shit on players and honestly, I, I know that we've spoken a lot over the last few years about how the diggers are basically just puppets for Ken Holland, and those, they'll just say whatever he wants. I'm not reading this out of this. I, I have a feeling that Ken Holland would have ra- would rather Ansar Khan or, uh, or Greg Cooper actually wrote one tonight that had not called Morazic out like that. I like I know that that Boston basically. Um, <laughs> perfected this in the last <laughs> yeah. few years of just running the guy out of town by, by crucifying him. Yeah, yeah, but Boston got really well known for it recently. Um, so I, I can understand if, if people don't want to give the Red Wings the and, and the, the press in Detroit the benefit of the doubt, trust me, I'm I'm not going to, to expect that because they, I don't think that they, they deserve the benefit of the doubt, but just the way I'm looking at it is I don't think the Red Wings wanted Peter Mrazek attitude problems being exposed uh, to be out there. 
Um, honestly, and the, the one thing that, that, that I, I don't want to dabble in too much, but there's a real possibility this goes beyond just attitude problems because Athanasiu has been benched for, for attitude. Like he had just been back checked hard enough. There's an honest possibility that Peter Morazic is a huge piece of shit. And if that's the case, I want him gone. Um, Unfortunately, I've got no evidence for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. if we so, get evidence, I'm I'm going to just, I'm asking people to be open to the possibility that there is evidence for that. Um, it'll make you sleep better, I guess. Yeah. the The flip side of that, though, JJ is, and I forget who, but one of the commenters brought this up earlier, and I, I posted a quick comment on it in uh, um, one of the pieces. But um, the flip side is: is there the possibility that this management coaching leadership group you know call call the cabal whatever you want to call it um is it possible that they just don't know how to deal with exuberant personalities or different personalities because if you if you look at things athanasiu and tatar and mrazic athanasiu can be quite boisterous on the ice they say he's a little cocky and we read stuff all season that there might be an attitude problem there and we've heard stuff before about people um kind of crapping on Tatar's emotion that he, he tends to feed off during games. And now we hear something about um, Peter Morazic. And if you look back over the last 20 years, going back into the Iserman era, how many out there on the ice loud personalities has this team had versus how many guys have we had where it's just, you know, sit down, shut up, and show people up with your play. Yeah, and the I think, stoic Western Canadian ideal yeah. that, that permeates yeah. hockey everywhere. That's yeah, and I think we've had a lot of that. And I I know that you know Zetterberg had the stall next to Iserman for a while, and he got to learn from both him and Lidstrom. You know the 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 ins and outs of of being the captain. But I'm not sure that any of them ever had to truly deal with big personalities on the ice except for maybe when Fedorov was here and we see how that hole was a pretty big personality (laughs) Brett Hill Brett Hull was here for Chris Chelios how many years personality Mm -hmm. um Kirk Maltby kind of thrived on personality but yeah yeah, that was that's that's a different he was more of a of a Steve Ott type than a than a showboater Uh, honestly there is a huge concern that the Red Wings are a little caveman dinosaur like in terms of that wanting the the stoic western canadian the whole um you know canadian heart european skill bullshit that uh, that came, was that vancouver that came out of um i think so yeah yeah and i'm i'm terrified that they are trying to uh, beat creativity out and that's uh, out of but there's a difference between you know, maybe benching a guy for potentially showboating and exposing him to the expansion draft. Yes. Um, <laughs> which yeah. that's like, so that's a, Jeff Blashill spent a lot of time, like and he spent a lot of time with the press specifically saying how much he believes in Athanasius potential to be a star. And he said that with Mrazic too. Like mm-hmm. th- these guys have the talent to do this. They've just got to get the focus right. And so, yeah, despite my, my terror that, that what's going to happen is that they're, they're trying to build, they're trying to turn these kids into robots and take away essentially what's special about them is 
at some point the buck has to stop with they left him exposed to the expansion draft. <laughs> that's that's yeah. huge to me. Ag- agreed. And, and I'm not saying that you know it that was right of them to do because maybe they're going for this whole you know team mantra. Um, but I'm just saying it might be a contributing factor and kind of truthfully a red flag for the the leadership of this organization. Yeah, I mean, the, there's a lot of places that this organization needs to evolve, and I do believe that that dealing with that kind of a of a talent is one of them. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of evolving, the NHL is actually going to evolve into a 31 team <laughs> league, and this expansion draft is going to happen. Do you guys all think Mrazek's going to be Vegas's pick, or do they go off the board and they take a Shea or a Helm or a Glenn Denning or a Xavier Ouellette? I'm I'm picking Mrazek. Uh I'm I'm still torn. Um there are definitely goalies I don't want to say better or more consistent than well, Mrazek, but that's essentially what it boils down to. You <laughs> Although in Flurry's going, right? Oh yeah, I think we're all assuming Flurry's I mean, going. It, it sounds like that's pretty much done. Yeah, like all Flurry said his goodbyes to the Penguins. Like and so you figure he's already there. You got Ranta is available. Is it Grubauer? Those are some of the names I've seen a lot of. Yeah, I think Grubauer, Grubauer is probably the best pick uh, to come out of Washington. Um, they've got some decent depth players in there, but um, Grubauer has really looked and, and albeit behind a president's trophy winning team. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but he, in limited action, he's looked like he's got the possibility to be right behind Braden Holtby in terms of, of skill level. Um, I, I mean, he's got potential to be a real good guy. So I I definitely go with at least Flurry and Grubauer. But then after that, I think the list starts getting iffier depending on how Vegas wants to value guys like Ranta looks good, but he's a couple years older than Mrazek. Um, there's um, this kid out in uh, uh, Edmonton, Laurent Brassois, who has had ups and downs this past year. He really turned it on. Um, I think I wrote a little bit about him during our first mock drafts uh, for the expansion draft, but he looks pretty good. Uh, the, the two kids out in uh, uh, Columbus, Anton Forsberg and Eunice Corpusalo, um, they look pretty good. There, there's even a... Um, uh, ECHL guy out in Carolina, Daniel Altshuler, uh, who didn't do quite so hot in the AHL this season um, and last season as he did in the ECHL, but he's still had really good numbers at some levels. And uh, it's going to take some time for him to adapt, but I mean, names are out there. It all depends on how Vegas wants to value these guys. I mean, yeah, I think I, I see Vegas taking Mrazic as either. Either playing him in like a like a backup one A role or one B role, um, I don't think that's the most likely, but I could see that happening. Um, mm-hmm. I from the beginning, my my tandem, you know, once they said Flurry was going to go there, was I I would pick Grubauer as his backup because I think, you know, it's it's always tough, you know, the 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 standard expression goalies are voodoo, you know, but you know what we've seen from Grubauer so far, it definitely looks very promising. You know, looks like, you know, the beginning of possibly somebody who could develop into a top NHL starting goalie. Um, so I could ease, you know, I, I could see Vegas going with those two this year. Um, 
But like we said before, I mean, I know Mike alluded to, uh, you know, McPhee had said in the past about, you know, taking, I think, I think he said taking a number of goalies, he wouldn't even be possible to take. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, like not even just taking that many. I mean, you know, if you take like four, you keep two, you trade two. I mean, Arizona needs a goalie Buffalo. um, There's a couple other teams out there that need either a starter or a backup. Um, you know, any team that Vegas takes a goalie from is going to lose a goalie. Um, but the thing the thing that I keep coming back to with these trades is, you know, the the obvious counter to that is, well, you know, oh, they're going to take Mrazek and trade him. Then why couldn't Holland trade him? Um, it, it seems like the trade market leading up to the expansion draft was was weird. It was different. Um, there was a lot of rumblings about, you know, from, you know, uh, you know, professional hockey writers, you know, tweeting leading up to the expansion draft that there was a lot of GMs that were waiting to see what other teams expose, you know, players, because you could have, say, for example, uh, I mean, this is just hypothetical. I'm not even going to say this would be the best value, but like, let's say Holland wanted a first for Mrazek just to make up something. Um, Arizona didn't want to do it. Arizona can now go to Vegas and say, look, you draft Mrazek and we'll give you a second or whatever. And if Vegas thinks, Hey, that's better value than I can get for any other player on the Red Wings, then they have the incentive to do that trade, you know, so they could make the trade through Vegas at a lesser value or lesser cost to the the team trading for him than they would have before. Um, that's, that's what I see happening. Um, as always could be wrong, but, um, well, and, and I think there's some truth to what you said and there's some, some solid thought there because you know gms may be in love with their own prospects you know mm-hmm. colin might not like Mrazek's attitude but he drafted him so he needs to get value back for him where mcphee might just be like hey he's just an asset so like i went from nothing now i have a second round pick and that's more valuable to me so exactly i mean i think if he's smart and i mean it seems like he's thinking this way with all these side deals you know Basically, McPhee should look at this in one way is how can I get the most value from each team, whether that be a player, whether that, you know, the player that will stay on our team, a player that I can turn around and trade or the team sending me players, picks, whatever, to take another player um, that, you know, will either be on my team or I can turn around and trade for, you know, a really low cost, but still something. Um, so if he's smart, that's what he'll do. Um it seems to be like his goal is to just acquire as many assets as possible. Yeah, he does have two rosters to fill out, essentially. He's got um, not only the Vegas roster, but he, he's got the Chicago Wolves that he has to at least partially stock. Um, and you figure by the end of uh, end of next week, well, yeah, end of this weekend, uh, he's going to have at least 40 players under contract um, or, or you know, in, in contract talks. Um, but that still leaves him a little bit short because uh, roster limit is what fifty players. Most teams carry at least forty six, if uh, yeah, if I remember contracts. correctly. Yeah, so he's still got some spots to fill out. So trades are going to happen. They they might happen now. They might happen at the draft, but they're going to happen. Yeah, yeah the, the draft where Vegas has like half the first round. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it it could very well be. Yeah, because they switched up like when they first George McPhee was first started talking about. It, he's like, I want to be competitive out of the gate because that's what a GM is is going to say. And now you've seen it slowly evolve to the oh no, we're going to be smart. <laughs> we we want to be a we want to be a promising team, but we're also trying to collect uh, collect assets. Like 
but yeah, there is there is an argument that the trade uh, it's it's going to look different after the draft than it did before. So there is an argument to be made for that. Like Arizona is going to be looking for a goalie um, right out of the bat. There is an argument that Vegas um, could possibly take Linus Olmark out of Buffalo just to force them to have to go looking for a goalie after <laughs> their expansion draft. Because um, it's not like there's a great deal of, like, like I, don't, I don't know. We'll get to whoever you guys think Buffalo is going to take. They're going to take from Buffalo. But looking at the the list of exposed players out of there, it's like, eh, woof. Um, <laughs> Colorado, uh, they exposed Calvin Picard and kept uh, protected Semyon Varlamov. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's an argument to be made there. You take Picard, and then you force him to, to trade one of the, the many goalies you've taken. So uh, I think if you're looking at taking best player available in terms of the guy who is going to give you the most value, uh, Peter Morazic is a no-brainer from Detroit, but there is argument. There, I mean, there are arguments all over. We've seen mock drafts have uh, Sproul taken. We've seen Ouellette taken. Glenn Denning. Um, we, oh we've seen God. Glenn Denning. Yeah, we've seen Darren Helm Twice. taken. Apparently, mm-hmm. somebody on Twitter said that he saw seven mock drafts that took Erickson. I'm like, I have no idea where the hell you're looking at mock drafts. Um, <laughs> Surface so, of the sun, because that is a hot take. <laughs> yeah, like. I, I I still I could see one of the young defensemen getting taken, um, just because one thing that Vegas may want to consider is l- taking a couple of shots for some home runs, and there's still the outside chance that Ryan Sproul turns in- into the really big, really booming shot kind of defenseman uh, that we were hoping he would be. So. It's it's not completely outside the realm of possibility that they they go for a guy, uh, one of our guys with huge upside, just because they can kind of afford that gamble right now. But I don't know why they wouldn't take Mrazek honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this entire situation is essentially low risk, high reward for Vegas. They get free crack at at least thirty players um, for a twenty three man roster. Why not go for call it? 20 sure things and 10 home runs yeah that's a that's that's what i'd do yeah and i mean some some of the young guys available they're they're gonna have the chance to do that i, I mean um toronto ended up leaving uh brendan Leipzig uh exposed and i, I believe and, kirby, uh, Reichel kirby Reichel as well yeah Reichel, so i mean yeah, yeah so i mean if, if i'm george mcphee i am calling up um toronto and i'm saying look I'm taking one of these guys. You can pay me not to, but if you don't, be prepared. And hopefully you walk out of there with, you know, one of them and a whole bunch of draft picks, um, or maybe neither of them in a lesser prospect and even more draft picks on top of that. But um, it's the living bejesus out of these. Quick sidebar. Do you guys also get the feeling that George McPhee is just loving all of this like attention and like, yes. being the, oh, the biggest mob yeah. boss? Like, hey, if you don't want me to take your players, you've got until tomorrow at noon or you'll never <laughs> see your protected guy, unprotected guys alive again. Yeah. Like, I've got this image in my head of George McPhee as Donbot from Futurama. I like it. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, Buffalo, that's, uh, that's a nice goalie. That would be a shame if something happened to it be a shame if i had to put the clamps on him <laughs> yeah yeah with that press release he definitely is loving it that was that was one of the better press releases in a while yeah so yeah. guys outside of the wings mm-hmm. any any names or i guess names of players that are available that surprised you 
or as far as the trades that we've kind of heard rumblings about, because nothing's official, uh, anything out there that you're like, whoa, I didn't expect that to happen, or uh, just just that intrigued you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to take a lot. I'll take. Uh, I'll just take one of these. Um, th- th- what I thought was the biggest blunder, because originally I had the Islanders, um, because they they protected a young defenseman who who's not bad. He's just not. Like Vegas is never going to take him in a million years. Uh, this guy Pellick, um, and in doing so, they expose Dylan Strome, Calvin DeHaan, Brock Nelson. You know, all of whom have more value. You know, like we were talking about before about value. Um, now they couldn't have protected all of them, but I don't know why they didn't just protect DeHaan, and then so maybe their ransom to Vegas that they've apparently paid would be less. Um, but that's not as bad as it seemed. But for me, the the, the one one that just makes no sense was Florida. Um, because, you know, I wrote about this in my article, the Panthers, in my opinion, unless, unless there's something else going on, they made a huge unforced error, um, because they, they basically, they had, um, uh, they had somebody they had to protect. And then the only other two players that fit the exposure requirement, meaning that one of them had to be exposed was Jason Damaris and Aaron Ekblad. They, I mean, Florida had months all they had to do was just sign a veteran defenseman that was expansion, you know, that fit the eligibility requirements, sign him to a one-year league minimum contract. I mean, there's plenty of them out there. Like, you know, we're doing the expansion list. You know, plenty of teams have guys like that available. Um, like, they, it seems like they easily could have done it. I don't know why they didn't. Um, and then on top of that, then they went with the 8-plus-1 option, which meant that they left Jason Damaris and... Jonathan Marcheseau un, uh, exposed, and the latest, uh, you know, before we recorded this, I saw a tweet come through that apparently Florida doesn't have a deal in place. Uh, obviously, that could be wrong, um, but I mean, that would just like losing Marcheseau for nothing would be insane. Um, I, I I can't, I, I don't know what they were thinking. They weren't. <laughs> somebody somebody threw their their protection list together as a joke and accidentally hit send. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as surprises go, I'm going to go the opposite direction of you, Peter, because you, you knocked it out of the park with, um, the, oh my God, what the hell did you do moves, um, in your article. But the one, one that surprised me and the more I thought about it was, wow, this, this was smart, uh, was the penguins going with an eight, uh, eight and one protection scheme. Cause they, they managed to protect, first of all, Matt Murray with getting flurry, um, to wave his, NMC and whatever snake oil they sold there way to go. Um, but with going eight and one, they get their big three out of the way that already have the no movement clauses up front. Uh, so Crosby Malkin and Kessel, then they protect Hornquist. Um, and then after that, they just go right to the defense with Latang, Mata Schultz and, uh, Brian DeMoulin. Um, and I know we had talked about doing the uh, 7-3-1 for them um, and figuring that, well, they might get uncomfortable somewhere, um, but whoever they lose will be replaceable. But by doing the 8-1, and one, they're essentially looking at their forwards and saying, whoever plays with Crosby, Crosby makes them better. Whoever plays with Malkin, Malkin makes them better. Whoever plays with Kessel, Kessel makes them better. Whoever plays with Hornquist, Hornquist makes them better. Hold those guys keep the cup winning defense intact and they might keep running into the finals for the next 
couple of years until some of these contracts start expiring. Um, and that was something that I truthfully didn't even think of doing. Um, Peter, I don't know. I don't know if you thought of it, but um, I think that was really, really surprising and really, really smart by Penguins management, yeah, considering the players they have. You know, we've seen that it doesn't really, you know, I mean, Crosby does, seems to do better with, you know, uh, with quote unquote lesser talent. I mean, you know, obviously, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, I, I think I'm pretty sure when they first got Kessel, they tried Crosby and Kessel and it just didn't work. Um, yeah, I, know, do, it, I do think they tried the super line of Crosby, Kessel, Malkin. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so for whatever reason, you know, I mean, if, you, you know, the Penguins seem to be able to make it work with with, you know, their their top guys, obviously, you know, they have two of the best you know, two of the best forwards in the world easily. Mm-hmm. And they just keep replacing players. So, I mean, like you said, it doesn't really make, you know, I mean, they're probably not going to want to lose whoever, whoever it is they lose, but it's not going to be a huge blow. So, yeah, yeah. it makes sense. It, it was pretty smart. JJ, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. I was just listening. Uh, <laughs> I think the only thing I would have to add to that is I don't know why the Coyotes would protect uh, Nick Cousins over Alex Burmistroff. Uh, yes. I, I yeah. fully hate that move. Yeah. It's just because they just traded for him. But that being said, I don't know why they traded for him. Yeah, yeah, that was that. I I can't. I mean, when I was doing my mock draft, that was one of the first picks I made. I was like, that's a pretty easy one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mostly what I'm curious about is what exactly these teams are spending to protect players. Uh, especially, I'm really. Looking forward to seeing what exactly Anaheim is giving up uh, to protect either uh, Vatnin or uh, Josh Manson, because both. yeah, both yeah, actually, because they don't have a they don't have a first rounder this year, um, but their window should still be open long enough to like be worth giving a first rounder next year. But I don't know why Vegas would take a. Uh, a next year, a 2018 first rounder, that's not expected to be anything above or anything better than the, the 20th overall, uh, rather than just taking one of those guys who are going to yeah. be uh, really worth it. So yeah. I'm really curious to see how exactly Anaheim ha- has worked that out specifically. I mean, um, you think you think they gave him like, a, okay, we'll give you a second this year and our first next year, or is it like our next and, year first or? I would say and or it's got to be at least a first next year. Um, and yeah, probably the second this year and there's going to be something on top of it. I, I mean, protecting those two guys out of Anaheim in addition to the rest of that roster, um, Vegas should have, should have drove driven out there and just looked them in the eyes and said, you're selling us your team or you're giving us these guys take your pick. Yeah, because who the hell else for Anaheim do you even take? They're Clayton Stoner. I like outside of those yeah. two. Well, the, I've he, seen the, Lo, what Logan Shaw. Sure. Yeah, forward. He might. I think. I think I just threw a, I think I printed it out and threw a dartboard, a dart at it, and uh, I forget who. I don't even. I like. I don't even remember who I picked. I couldn't even. I'm tell just you. gonna say, and I'm probably gonna offend a number of our re, our uh, listeners. Logan Shaw is an asshole name. <laughs> I don't know anything about that kid, but that kid is an asshole name. Yeah. Is it more for the Logan or the Shaw? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw uh, somebody did a uh, top UFAs that might go piece and suggested that Patrick Eves may be willing to sign with Vegas. 
Um, but if I'm Vegas, I'm wary of that. And I know Eves had some great success once he got to, to Dallas and um, he largely kept it going with Anaheim, but at 33 um, and with his history of concussions, like if Vegas well, is going to sign him, it better be only to a one year deal. Couldn't, couldn't Vegas in theory just, okay, Patrick Eves, we're going to sign, we want to sign you and we're going to, you know, they agree to something. But then they don't actually sign it till after the expansion draft. So then they take and, another player. They, they could. Yeah. Like that's yeah. legal, right? Um, I mean, that's it's not, not technically legal. legal, but you can't prove it. Yeah. Right. Basically. Like, well, I mean, yeah. For how long before they had the early negotiating window did players sign with a new team on July 1st at 1201? You right. know, yeah. I mean, shit like you, you could always say like, oh, we couldn't come to terms on a contract. And then, you know, oh, July 1st hit and we upped it a little bit because we knew what his demands were and we knew where we were. And we came up and met his demands. And now we have an agreement. We did. Yeah. That, that, you it's know? a dang clear handshake it's the, deal. It's not right. Legal, but yeah. Yeah. So. It's complicated like that, but yeah, it can totally happen, and I expect that with um, at least one or two teams, it will happen. Yeah. Also, apparently Columbus is giving up their first, and I don't know why. Like, I don't know like who yeah, they're trying think- to protect here. They're they're dumping Clarkson. They were trying to that. dump Clarkson. They were trying to. Uh, yeah, that's right. yeah, it's mostly about dumping Clarkson. I, I think about I that. saw they wanted to protect Josh Anderson. Yeah, they wanted to. They wanted to protect Josh Anderson, Anton Forsberg, and Eunice Corpusalo. Um, I We don't have any confirmation that they've actually done that. Yeah, but, but I guess they. Yeah, that's the rumor is in place that um, they were sending assets to Vegas. And this is from the Columbus Dispatch, but there, there's a huge glaring error in this. So everybody listening, take this with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, the, awesome. uh, the the rumor was Columbus was sending assets to Vegas to force them to take one of uh, Calvert, Carlson, uh, or uh, Ryan Murray. The problem with that is Columbus went ahead and protected Ryan Murray. So – we don't know where exactly the accuracy is in that. I'm willing to bet that um, they are sending assets to Vegas. I'm betting it's to protect guys specifically like um, Jack Johnson, Eunice Corpusalo, Anton Forsberg, um, and maybe even to keep them from talking to uh, Sam Gagner. Because uh, f- from my standpoint, it looks like they would be getting rid of the David Clarkson thing so that they could uh, – try to make some kind of off-season room to sign Gagner to a new contract. Um, but again, we have no confirmation as to where any of that falls on the spectrum of real or total BS. And the, Personally, uh, I hope that they are spending assets, uh, protection money, for their non-Yonis Corpusalo goalie, uh, the current RFA, because then that protection money could be called the safety dance. <laughs> <laughs> Also, just just real quick, not to step on your joke because it was great. <laughs> no, please. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, if, if you guys saw, I know actually Jeff posted at least one of these versions. Um, Arthur Staple is a beat writer for the uh, the New York Islanders, um, and there you know there's been rumors for a while that they were going to do something. Obviously, like I said before, because of their strange protection scheme. Um, and it came out tonight that they're sending, uh, along with their first-round pick, they're sending uh, Mikhail Grabowski to Vegas. And I just double-checked because I was pretty sure on this. He didn't even play this last year. Um, he's been out with concussion stuff. So I don't know if he will play again, but that looks like a 
salary dump too to try to free up money to well, try to then, keep uh, keep Tavares in town before the Islanders fold. What's yeah. what's his actual like money? What's what's the actual money? Is it like dollar cap hit and dollars are exactly the same for him? Uh, Grabowski is like let me see off the top of my head about five million. Let me see. Oh, he's getting paid, he's paid six million. Real Actually, money. exactly five. Yeah, exactly five million cap hit. Okay, yeah. well, I was just wondering because like because Arizona His cap hit is five million. His salary this year is six. six. Okay, so yeah. that doesn't really. But it work all expires for, next for year. Arizona to flip to him. Yeah, to them. Um, yeah. I'm curious what Minnesota's going to end up doing. Yeah, because I mean, one of the yeah. big time hockey yeah. guys tweeted out that as of Saturday night they didn't have any deals in place. I haven't seen anything since, but. Yeah. I got to imagine they're doing something. Yeah, well, they did the good thing in getting Stahl to waive his uh, no-movement clause so that they could protect Zucker. Because um, if they didn't do that, Zucker absolutely had to be the choice from Minnesota. As good as some of their defensemen are, um, it, it, I, in my mind, it had to be Zucker. Um, Minnesota doesn't have a first or second this year, and they don't have a second next year. So Yeah, so that's wow. going to make things interesting. Uh-huh. They may not even have the assets to right. – pay extra protection on what was it dumba that they left yeah exposed and scandella to scandella a lesser extent. Yeah. yeah yeah scandella definitely to a lesser extent but still not out of the realm of possibly wanted um but it's it, it's going to be interesting watching what they do um and they do have a young guy uh that i know they played a couple of games that's supposed to be kind of promising in uh, uh gustav olofsson um so maybe they aren't quite so worried about losing Dumba or Scandella, but I, I, I can't see them not being poor asset it. management. <laughs> I th- yeah. still think it would be hilarious. Like, I don't know why Vegas would do this if other than to like to hurt Minnesota, but I think they ought to take Eric Stahl because <laughs> Minnesota's window is not going to be open for very much longer. And Eric Stahl is basically propping it open right now. If you take one of their, like their best center away from them, Mm-hmm. I can't remember Miku Koi, but you can make an argument either way. Uh, mm-hmm. That's gonna like <laughs> that's gonna kneecap him for the next season, and that would be funny to me. And you it's know, got a real possibility of happening because their their top center right now is Vadim Shapachiov out of the KHL, who is supposed to be a fantastic playmaker, um, but we have no idea how well he's going to translate from KHL to NHL. And if it's anything like um, Alexander Radulov, which we saw in uh, in Montreal, it'll be fairly decently. But is he actual 1C material in the NHL? Who knows? Eric Stahl's had that experience. And Stahl's yeah. that veteran guy you could make a captain there too and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he could win a C right away. Yeah, Vegas has a lot of decent options for a center, and, and Eric Stahl is definitely along there. Uh, you know, they've got – you could take Burmistroff or you could take Stahl or you can get Thomas Placanix out of Montreal. Luke Lindang. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. Brock <laughs> Nelson. Drew Miller. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, you could have – there's a lot of, like, three Cs who probably couldn't really be consistent two Cs in, in that whole group. Uh, Eric Stahl would give them a one C right off. It would give them and, and mm-hmm. if Shipachov, if Chips Ahoy. Shipachiov. Sure. <laughs> Ship hatch e off. There we go. Chips Ahoy, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if he can't handle one C, then, then you could argue that Eric Stahl would. But I, I don't know why you'd pass over Dumba unless – they paid you draft picks that they don't have, or promises. unless you're Dumba. Unless, yeah, I'm still pissed at him for giving up the number fifty-five. I, I will never forgive him for that. 
Oh, JJ. All right. You guys got anything expansion draft related we didn't talk about that you want to touch on before we go on to reader questions? Yes. Um, Chicago, they're also paying assets. I know we didn't bring that one up. <laughs> yeah, they're what? If you they, want to call them assets, yeah. They're like, it's you a, can take Van Riemsdyk and we'll give you Kruger. And- yes, the, the weird thing there is supposedly they were in contact with McPhee ahead of everything and figured out that he was probably going to try to take um, uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk if they did the, the 731 protection screen, uh, scheme. Um, and they said, look, we'll, we'll do an eight and one and, and uh, uh, block your ass if we have to. But if you really do want Trevor Reigns and Reamsdyke, we'll let him go, but you have to take Marcus Kruger in a trade as well. And apparently they went for it. So, so yay, whatever. I'm, I'm not sure I make that deal, but okay. Yeah. I'm looking at their, the list of players they expose. Like that's neat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jordan Tutu. Uh, you got a Victor Svedberg. Yeah. Kenton Helgeson, who I literally have not heard of before today. <laughs> I think he's just a made-up player. I'm sure he's going to score a big goal against us sometime in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, it'll it'll be almost as many goals as they scored in the uh, uh, playoffs this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it'll be more than your goals um, for us. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm good. All right, and don't skip over Positivity Corner, Jeff. We need that. Oh, Positivity yes. Corner. I completely forgot about that. Uh, all right, fine, JJ. Then let's start with you, Positivity Corner. Uh, I, uh, I really like you guys. You're, you're fun to talk to, and you keep me grounded. And you've done, uh, especially uh, Mike and Peter, you've done a fantastic job with our, uh, with, with our coverage of, of this. Um, it's just let me kind of, shirk any responsibility for paying too much attention <laughs> to it and for that for that i thank you uh because all of your your comments and, and your articles have been really valuable and, and really good to read so i, I can't thank you enough for that uh, thank oh, you thanks jj <laughs> mike your turn uh i i am really positive on Peter here. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just send the love all around here. Uh, J- Jeff, um, there's a pattern here. Just pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Because um, for I, I'm betting nobody outside the couple of us know this, but um, when the expansion draft got announced and I, I right away went to JJ and said that I wanted to uh, uh, cover it, and then I looked at like everything I wanted to do, and, and it was like half an hour later that I was like, I am not going to be able to do this on my own. Um, so the first person I reached out to was, was, uh, Peter and, um, I, I have not regretted that decision for a single second. So Peter, thanks for all your help on this and, and having this beautiful internet baby with me. <laughs> all right, Peter, your turn. <laughs> I don't know if I could top a beautiful internet baby. Um, <laughs> so, uh, w- one of my favorite quotes is, uh, I, I don't even know the origin of it, but somebody asked, um, somebody, you know, write, a writer, if they enjoy writing and they say, no, but I enjoy having written. And that's pretty much how I feel about this whole expansion draft experience. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> while it was happening, it was very, you know, time consuming and stressful. Um, but I'm really glad, uh, you know, I'm very proud of what Mike and I were able to do. Um, and like he said, you know, I mean, you know, like, I think we worked really well as a team. Uh, and that says a lot about Mike. 
Um, so that's awesome. I just really, really quick. I just wanted to touch on something that I'm also thankful for. Um, Ian Fleming. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Uh, James Bond author. Exactly. Uh, okay. Different one. He he's he's put together. He's had him for some time. He has um, kind of like hero charts, but they're for goalies. They're save save charts. And if you it's like dispelling dispelling voodoo dot com or if you just search for like save charts, they'll come up um, and you can compare goalies against each other. You can compare them against, uh, you know, like the you know, the NHL goalies making four million dollars to five million dollars or something like that. Um, you can compare them, you know, for one year or over a period of three years. Um, so I keep seeing people talking about like save percentage and like unadjusted save percentage and goals against average. And so I just want to point people there because there's so many better stats that people could use because goalies are incredibly hard to evaluate. Um, and so uh, he basically puts all you know, the, the top stats that you can use to evaluate goalies all in one fun place to find. So just wanted to make sure to give him a shout out. Uh, last but not least, I'm very happy that all the new jerseys are going to be released tomorrow because I'm a jersey snob and I'm really looking forward to seeing all the <laughs> subtle changes <laughs> to everyone's sweaters. So when I go to the games, I can ridicule people under my breath for buying fake jerseys and having incorrect uh, uniforms that they're wearing. Uh, I can't. I want, yeah, I can't wait for that. That'll be I a want, 250 I, comment post. I, I do want to see yeah. Vegas's new uh, uniforms. And now, are are you going to get a Vegas uni with the wings selection on it? No, 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 no. not a chance. Vegas uh, Knights, Brendan Smith, number two, baby. <laughs> uh, he he wouldn't be the wing selection though. So uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm not expecting many changes for the wings, and I that's pretty much expected from everybody i think and that's fine i don't want to yeah. make any changes but i like uniforms, so i'm gonna spend my day looking at pictures tomorrow we should do uh reader questions jj take it away <laughs> all right starting off with nmu who asked if the wings were to lose Mrazic uh, to the expansion draft would it be good to move up in the second round and oh. take jake ottinger odinger from uh, boston ettinger? college ettinger I, I should know that but i don't uh, weird that he asked that question, or she, NMU, because uh, I it's going to be in quick hits. But uh, Jeff Merrick did his mock draft, and in his lead to that, he mentioned that there's been a lot of talk of the Wings trying to acquire another first round pick, perhaps to take a goalie. So I found that very interesting. And the 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 Jake kid, he's actually BU, not BC. Uh, he's one of the top prospects. So that. Might be something where there's smoke, there's fire. Who knows? I think that's a wrong move. But anyway, that's I guess it would be a good move. Like, I don't know how far up in the second round you can move from, you know, seventh. Yeah, I think what this guy's supposed to go early in the second, but and, and I, I haven't seen any mocks with a, girl, a goalie in the first round, right? Have you? No, no, but who knows how that'll change with Vegas possibly hamstringing some uh, some clubs. Right. I have a Vegas thought, too, and I don't know if I should say it now or wait, but <laughs> I'll get it out. Go for it. All right. Why not? So, I, say Vegas gets, like, four or five first-round picks this year, right? Right. And they got a shit ton of seconds. Why, what? And, and there were reports earlier a couple weeks ago that the Devils were really looking at defensemen and scouting defensemen and everything. So they might want 
Miro Heiskinen or whatever, Cal McCarr, Maker, how you pronounce his name specifically. But what's you know what if Vegas gets all these first round picks and they're like, we're going to give you our sixth overall pick, we'll give you another first round pick, and we give you a second or something like that because they've got so many of them to move up to number one, and then they take Nolan or Nico and they got their like face of the franchise. I, I think be, that might happen. I wouldn't be too surprised to see that. I mean, I'm not saying I think it'll happen, but I would. I wouldn't I'm, be surprised. That's my that's my bold prediction for this week. That's. I can't I would see not Jersey wanting that. to move back to sixth, but it's not well, if, insane. I mean, if, no, if it's it, not. If it guarantees them one of those two defensemen, which it probably does, is what Nico Nolan Velarde. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess both defensemen could go, but I, I don't know. I think it does. Anyway. Kind of off topic there, but it would be cool to see. Um, I'm in terms of goalies. I kind of hate as a concept drafting a goalie before the third round, uh, but I have shitty goalie opinions, so don't listen to me. Well, I mean, in all fairness, goalies are voodoo. Yeah, that's that's exactly like, like what Matt Murray was a third rounder. I can't get uh, Jack Campbell out of my head in terms of drafting goalies. Yeah, but what Vasilevsky was a first rounder. Yeah, nineteenth overall. Yeah, they got that pick from the from us. (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, it happens, but I remember when it used to be cool to take a goalie first overall. Is the DiPietro in this draft? Is he related? Is his brother? His cousin? I don't know. Nephew? Probably. DP. Take him. They're they're all over the place. Moving on, Baby Larks asks. What is likely the single worst and best move or decision we could make as an organization this offseason? The worst is re-signing Dan Cleary. <laughs> uh, he's retiring, so that's, so. yeah. Bringing him out of retirement. <laughs> um, I mean, realistically, the worst move would involve getting rid of Lark and Mantha or and I see you, I think. Those are three guys you need to hold on to. Uh, the best is somehow not trading those guys and landing <laughs> a top defenseman. I, I think the worst move would be going all in on Kevin Shattenkirk and uh, overpaying him by two years and $2 million more than anybody else offered. Like, like something ridiculous where he would have to be like, oh, well, I really want to be here, but I'm going to go to Detroit and get paid. Well, I do like money, so because yeah. what the wing the wings have just under eight million right now, twelve something with the just cap escalation. If we lose uh, Mrazek, twelve. Yeah. If you lose no, Mrazek, no, you drop or, Bronson. Oh, I don't. know. Okay, so you, you LTI about, or Bronson? Oh yeah, that's so you have right. about you have about twelve, and then if you lose Mrazek, you have sixteen, and what you got to sign Athan I see you, and you have to sign to talk. I have room to do something stupid. Yeah. I I wasn't going to be specific. I was going to say the worst move would be just being heavily involved in the free agent market. Yeah, I would say literally signing any non-Detroit free agent uh, to a meeting. Vanek, as as Kyle. That's that's more than a year. The chat today, four years, 20 million for Thomas Vanek. Yeah. (laughs) That would be awful. Yeah. I I don't know what the best decision we could make as an organization this this season would be probably just to stand pat with as much as we hate saying it i like our team and they absolutely um, should yeah no, yeah play the young guys uh, don't yeah unless it, unless it's a you know <laughs> yeah. a, a one-year type deal that you flip at the deadline 
Yeah, so, somebody cheap that's like Vanek was for us last year, exactly. low risk, high reward, and then just se- send them out for for draft picks. Trade all that would be the best thing we could do. Players. Exactly. Yeah. As for which is more likely to happen, uh, something that's going to drive me to drink. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. I think Stan Pat is the best decision is probably more likely than than the worst decision. Um, whatever. Operator Z wants to know, with Shayan gone to Vegas, who fills his spot? No, sir. No, Zick. Yep, <laughs> easy question. Sugar Mouse wants us to look at yes, Shan gone to Vegas. He comes back. We trade for him. We trade our first rounder for him, <laughs> as is Detroit's want to do. Uh, Sugar Mouse wants to as know is can you review the strengths, weaknesses, and ultimate potential of each of our young defensemen. Um, We're gonna rapid fire this one. Uh, where's Rona? Uh, Rona gonna end up third, third pair, first pair. Second. Uh, I'm gonna go bold. Pair. First pair. Third pair. First. First. Sorry, RV. Uh, 2-3 tweener. Second. First. He's a Sorry, good second RV. pair, and he's a bad first pair. Not a bad Sorry, first RV pair. Will, will be so he'll second in, he'll pair with tickets. I look at it like, like Cronel was that great second pair guy, but he's not quite that mm-hmm. first pair guy. So, like, that would be... That's, yeah, that's he needs my... his Brad Stewart to, to level him out. Right. Nick yeah. Jensen. Uh, second pair. He's like a 2-3. A 4. Third pair flaming. I, I mean second, third pair, not not two, three number. Woolet. Second pair. Second. Low second pair. They're all second pairing. I know we have oh, a no. lot of seconds. Yeah. Just kidding. He's Health, 70. Healthy scratch. Yeah, yeah. renew seventy. In the AHL. First second pair AHL. Russo. Uh, healthy third. scratch. Yeah, third pair best. Yeah. Pickens. Uh I yeah. think he ends up being a third pair guy. Second pair with Sari RV. Tiny Terrors. Yeah. I'll say second. Uh, top pair possession driver. Chalowski. Number one defenseman. I'm, I'm just kidding. I want, I don't, I don't I want him to be a number one so bad. I, I hope just he's because I want to pull up. I want to pull up, Arizona, yeah. pull up every Chikrin post and just comment and you know open up the comments again and just reply <laughs> I, <laughs> just just open up the comments and drop the poop emoji right <laughs> as the next comment i just don't quiet. have high hopes for him but i'd really like to see him kind of have a, have a great next season so Did, where, where was he st cloud state yeah yeah not exactly so. a national power no, he had like what 13 points defenseman aren't they i thought I thought that was like the the thing on yeah, that. That's what they do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. He will be the the Lidstrom to Hicketts Rafalski. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sugar Mouse again. What are the odds that Ken Holland is the Red Wings GM when the 2018-19 season starts? Uh, Low, but this is not last year, right? In his con- current contract? Last uh, year's contract, yes. yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stick uh, with this uh, is it. After this I, if, if this year goes really poorly, I don't think he's fired per se, but they'll mutually part ways. Yeah, I, I don't it, think he'll be GM, but I think he'll still be with the organization. I'll give you a 50-50 on it. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have a good enough read. He'll be the puppet master when Draper's making all the moves. Uh, MC Fubar wants to know if we actually have a plan for the organization, and uh, we're not answering that one. Mm. 
Zamlau wants to know. Uh, I hadn't thought of it until now, but now the single worst immediate effect of losing Mrazek is that it won't clear any log jams we wanted to clear. In fact, it creates a deficit at the second goalie position that doesn't have a clear solution. If the reports of Mrazek's attitude are true, but he still returns to form, would it be worse to have him back or have him gone? It would be worse to have him back if 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 the reports are true. Uh, no, not if he returns to form. It's no, but you don't want like if if it's as bad as like people are winning, saying, you don't want a winning player. cures everything. And if he's uh, very know, good for, and they're winning, I'd rather have young him. for a young team. Yeah, yeah, you need a, not to have a, a locker room cancer. Uh, yeah, but if the team is winning, he's not quite the poison pill. Exactly. You know, like uh, maybe he calms down if he's not going. Oh, this and and I don't damn mean, defense in front of me can't can't stop anything. Blah blah blah. Yeah, know, not to be saying that, but you know, if he returns to form, it's worse to have him gone. Yeah, if, if he's if he's Vesna caliber, it's worse to have him gone, bar none. But it has to be that form. That would be increasing form. Yeah. No, because no, he, he was yeah. caliber. He has been temporarily Vesna caliber. Yes. But I don't think that we can. I don't think that we can confidently say that's his form. Okay. I think I'd agree fair. with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't think it creates a deficit if we lose him. No. Nah, that doesn't have a clear solution. Because Corot is the pretty clear solution to having no backup. It's it's just that, you know, Howard's had the past couple of years to go and, easy and instead of going one A, one B, he's now back to being solid number one. And you can go sign, you can sign some backup goalie if you need to. I mean, or trade for one from Vegas. Exactly. If you're not looking <laughs> you're not looking to spend a lot of money and you're not looking for Let's someone to better. compete with Howard. So come on down to George McPhee's bargain goalie shop. <laughs> All right. Case Dungy says, do you think Abby is really viewed as the next captain? I like the guy enough, but Hank has a year or two left at least, and I was kind of thinking Larkin would come into his own by then and assume that role. I like Abby well enough, and I think he's a great A along with Cronwall, but I'm not really sure I see him as a Red Wings captain. I, I think the team really views his, him as the next potential captain. I don't view him that way, though. Yeah, I'm on board with that. It's pretty much. Yeah, see, I'm afraid of of the team wanting him to be the next captain because he is the the Michigan boy, the the gritty guy, the you know loves the wings, grew up doing that. But so is Larkin, and like I don't get, I don't wouldn't do that because Larkin, I think, would sell more tickets as the captain. I don't want Larkin as the captain either, as of right now. I don't think Larkin an advocator. Well, yes, but that's a different question entirely. I, I, the next captain, uh, I don't think the next captain is on the team yet. That that very well might be true. Yeah. I have to answer Case Denji's question. I do think that Abby is really viewed as the next captain right now. Yes, the team definitely views that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Zetterberg's contract runs through what twenty twenty one. Four years left. Yeah, they're not taking the C off his chest. No. All right, so in the next four years, we've definitely got the possibility of somebody like Larkin developing into that role. It could be, um, or I some, don't see it right yeah, now. Yeah, I I don't think people view Abby as the next captain. I think they, they see him as a leader in the locker room um, and, and somebody that, even if they're not, putting up they know how to do things a certain way that they like not necessarily the right way but they they he the does Red things Wings that man 
yeah, he does things management likes. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of time for somebody else to come up and take the captain mantle. Because if you look at our last three captains, Zetterberg is, by all accounts, great personality, but he puts up. Lidstrom, you know, great personality, but he put up. Eiserman, great personality, but he put up. Um, Abdelkader, with the exception of one season with Pavel Datsuk, does not put up numbers. Yeah. Forever kicking, t- forever kicking tires had a really good one that had me going. Um, starts with uh, Fire Ken Holland. How does a okay. GM... How does a veteran GM botch a protection list this bad? Given this player has his ups and downs, but he's critical to our system organization and, of course, the fans, how the hell is Eric Tangrady unprotected? And really, right up until I got to Eric Tangrady, I'm like, so mad at that guy. So, good work on that one, forever kicking tires. And then uh, we've got two FMKs. Uh, Ken Holland, Pierre Maguire, Mike Milbury. Okay, the... Sorry. Kill Mike Milbury. I, that's not even a question. The the easiest one is marry Ken Holland because he's loyal. Yes. <laughs> Are we all in agreement on that one? Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> now I was saying with, with Pierre, then uh, you get to hear like your entire backstory. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Mike uh, Milbury yeah, might, might bring a few into, into things. <laughs> Yeah, I I think I got to kill. I, I think I've got to K. Pierre Maguire. Just I I can't stand even looking at that guy, let, let alone talking to him. And, and I mean, you know, two bald headed guys in the, in the same room. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want, I don't want to listen to him or Mike Milbury talk. So I mean, mm-hmm. either way, you don't have to talk to the person you're effing. I don't know. Afterwards, Pierre's probably just gonna. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> oh, you know, Edzo. <laughs> all right, all right. The next one is the next FMK is uh, Holland, Blashill, and Morazic. <sighs> I'd probably. I. I. I think that's easy. I think you kill Holland and you you marry Blashill. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I don't know. Razik, even if he's got attitude problems, like yeah, but it's, that, it's that could be fun. For, that could be not a even a night. It could be an hour. It could be five minutes. Yeah, that, that, when he's on, he's on. Yeah, get on it. <laughs> All right, I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> Just make sure you just don't and, tell him you got. You know just don't, don't tell him you got somebody lined up next. Yeah. They're, they're oh god, all, where's my wife? I feel like I need my wife now. They're all, they're all goalies, guys. Mm. All right. The next couple Going of questions are a more moragic talk, which we've covered uh, at length, and then, yep. uh, a couple of questions too bitter uh, that I'm not going to ask. Uh, <laughs> Hall R twenty one twenty one. Who will make the playoffs first, Knights or Wings or both? How soon and why? Uh, I almost lean towards the Knights because technically the percentages might be better because there's less teams out in the West. I think the well, Atlantic's going to be tough. Yeah, the Knights the whole, are, the Knights are going to have easier packs. Like tough. Pacific, right? 
Yeah. You're still gonna have the Penguins. The Leafs are better. The Habs are, you know, the next couple years. Maybe. Oh, who knows what's gonna happen with the Habs and Berger? Yeah. Keep making smart moves. I mean, the Capitals are still there. The Rangers aren't terrible. The Flyers are going to get Nico or Nolan. Is that going to help yeah. them? Tampa's going to have uh, Stamkos for I a whole about season Tampa. again soon. Ottawa just made the conference final. Kind of, you know, I, 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 shit. I got yeah. to Knights. I'm like trying not to be like just to yeah. sound negative, but I yeah. don't know. I say I agree. just because of divisions. That's yeah. That's enough. I yeah, I, I don't playoffs in the same year and meet in the cup final. Sweet. There you go. In what, 2050? Brandon Smith will score the cup winning goal. For the wings, because they're going to get him back. <laughs> oh, which one, first one round pick ride. are we going to trade for him? 2029. <clears throat> nice. <laughs> uh, let's see. If we make the playoffs, will Holland's contract be renewed? Um... I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Probably, I don't think sure. that's. I'd, I'd I'd say yeah. All right. The question everybody was waiting for: Who would win in a fight? One hundred duck-sized golden knights, or one knight-sized golden duck? <laughs> does Does the duck have opposable thumbs? I probably should have put that in the mailbag, shouldn't I? Well, do they have? Does he have a sword and a helmet? Well, I no, think the sword the and helmet are. It's literally it's a duck made of gold. It, it's just the, it's the size of a person. Yeah, or maybe the size of a person in armor on a horse. I mean, I would I wouldn't want to fight one knight sized golden duck because gold like you wouldn't be able to pierce it, right? Like yeah. I guess you'd have to melt it. Yeah, it'd be a metal. It'd be a metal duck the size of a, a dude on a horse. So I mean, yeah, I'll do the hundred yeah. duck sized golden knights in this one. No. Yeah. The tiny men with swords. No, thank you. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, well, it's you strap little... on some shin guards from soccer and you just kick the crap out of them. That's true, but like, a duck is like it's not know. like an ant-sized knight. It's a duck. Like ducks Pretty aren't sure. tiny. So like the sword relative to the size of a duck. I think the, more I think like a like a could team up together. I like think. a like a steak knife they've got is their swords. Like I'm thinking. So yeah, you yeah. need you need some shin pads. Like, do I get Plus, you know? They're all human intelligence. Yeah, that's true. So they could team up. They but just climb on each you. other's shoulders. But like, it's one big duck. They're stabbing it's you in made the of thigh gold. now. Yeah, it's a, so it's too heavy to move itself. Made yeah. of an extremely malleable metal. You just take a sledgehammer to it and you pound it into the shape of a ball. Kick it down yeah. a hill. You just Fuck like get stress. get all hundred hundred of them and just like push it towards the nearest high source. Where's Kyle when we need him? <laughs> He, he, he would have been mad about this. Yeah, he would have muted <laughs> his microphone by now if this was the question. Uh, I'll take. The, I'll still take the duck. I'll take the hundred men. It's the duck. It's not even close. <laughs> Peter's glove wants to uh, know what's the likelihood that the Red Wings' next one D is already in the system. Uh, in the form of Ronick, sorry, RV, Chalowski, or someone else. It's that, you might have I, to I mean, we kind of... That up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I already said that. No. They're not great, but... Um, I still think they're going to take a center. And I'm sorry in advance for your username, Peter's Glove, because that's <laughs> going to go... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could be Peter, Peter, Peter Wim's Glove. There yeah. we go. Yeah. No, he spelled it wrong. Yeah, it could have been a typo. Well, you can just change it. 
Alright, another is Holland going to get fired question. Uh, Pastafarian70 wants to know, let's assume that Mirazik is gone. Okay. Why don't we try to find a replacement at the IHOP in Toledo? Seriously, I saw a dude in there recently. He hasn't seen this felt side of a quarter ton since junior high school. Just parked that fat bastard in the middle of the net with a box of Tim Hortons Timbits to keep him occupied. <laughs> and the opposing team would have maybe four inches of daylight all around him to shoot at. Don't even bother to give him skates. Just have a bottle out there and flip flops. <laughs> Has any pro team ever tried that? We might revolutionize the position. This is this is Charles Wong and the sumo goalie all over again. Oh, yeah, oh it's, boy. it's the sumo goalie. <laughs> um, it's so it's such a great thought exercise. But yeah, if you give uh, if you give NHL teams four inches to shoot, they're going to hit that consistently. Plus, uh, it would be terribly difficult to pull the goalie. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, the other players would have to like carry him off the ice. All those, but you'd never play. have to pull the goalie because you'd you'd shut every team out. Not with four <laughs> inches on either side. Yeah, yeah. Like you get a guy that's like literally six feet by four feet <laughs> is <laughs> is difficult. <laughs> that guy would have difficulty surviving. Um, unless you have to have an actual gear. So. I think that if we miss the playoffs this year, we should actually go with this plan, <laughs> just for the just for the fun of it, basically. We can feed him nothing but Little Caesars pizza. Yeah, by then Martin Brodeur will be back in that shape. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> round. <laughs> well, let's see. And the very last question, which only came in like three minutes ago. Ooh. Timothy Lilsergren, a lot of people are really down on him in draft standings and reports. Has anything changed in any of your minds? Uh, anything sticking out in your mind that is worrisome about his style of play? No, I, I don't know enough about these prospects other than just on the surface that I've read. But uh, Prashant actually was sent along, passed along some ranking system that he trusts and projections, and, and they had Lilsergren that as, as their top ranked defenseman. So I, 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 I'm still, if he's there at nine, I'd take him. I wouldn't, if the wings take him, I'm, I'm perfectly happy. Yeah. If he's got per chance vote of confidence, then nothing's really changed in my mind. Grab him. If we, if we can. Yeah. I think I would rather take a chance on a guy whose draft stock fell because of a disappointing season for very good reason. Um, then maybe on a guy whose draft stock rose on one very good season where he'd previously so, been board. So you're taking Liljegren over Cody Glass if they're both there? Uh, no, because I still want a center. But Cody Glass is a guy that had I know. like came out and had one great season. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, and Liljegren uh, had uh, had mono, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so so sure. if it's if it's if it's Martin was it Nikis, I'm saying that correctly, or Liljegren, you're taking who? Center. No matter what, it's the yeah. center. If if well, I mean it depends. If like Nolan, uh, Nolan, Nico, Glass, Velarde, and <laughs> Middlestad are all gone, I guess Nikis. It, it, so it comes down to like is Rasmus in a center? Yeah, I think I so. Take no, he's. Him. I guess he's listed as a center, but I bet he's become, he's a winger. You, yeah, you I, just you just want to draft Catlin Foot. <laughs> so 
so badly. <laughs> All right, that would so be no, delicious. I got a foot fetish. Yeah. Uh, no more, no more questions. Uh, I'm not going to ask you guys if you have any final hockey related thoughts. Uh, we should do this again soon though, because we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Probably. Uh, we'll see yeah. if we can figure something out in the schedule, but, uh, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. Thank you, you as well for, for being a part of this tonight. Uh, for Mike and Peter and JJ and Graham, this is, I'm Jeff and this has been winging at Motown radio. Good night, everybody. I, always, I, usually, yeah, I usually always add Graham at the end. It's just <laughs> kind of like a thing I was going to try to thank start. You for, but... Thank you for putting up with my mirror joke. I've had time to reflect on that by now, and I, I appreciate it. You just can't see doing it over again. That's right. I hate you all. <laughs> 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 <laughs>